All right, let's go ahead and start our service this evening. Good to have you. Good to have those who are online and then, of course, those in our sanctuary as we get ready for the evening service. If you ever go online and we're not up here getting ready to get started, you just text John Kaufman. You tell him, hey, we're on and you're not. And see if we can't get these guys up on the platform. We are ready to go. Almost ready to go. All right, let's all stand and then we're going to lift up our voices as we sing. Since Jesus came into my heart and in your name. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. And the blight in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy on my soul like the sea billows sanctuary. That's a plus, isn't it? I, I think it's a plus. Um, although as we, as I came up to come up and start services, you were all gathered in the foyer. Everybody's fellowshipping and visiting. And, uh, we kind of missed the start time on our, our live stream. And there is no AC out there. So apparently it's not bad at all. Just, uh, you know, it kind of floated out there and kept that pretty cool too. Let's open up with a word of prayer. 
Father in heaven, we come before you and we thank you for your many, many blessings to us. And I do pray that you be with us this evening as, our, as we have our service, that it would be a service that honors you. Lord, I pray for our church family as there are so many needs, uh, whether it be patients in the intensive care unit of Burlington, Marty who's battling lung cancer. And Lord, we do think of uh, just families that are struggling with huge losses. I just pray that you'd be with each one. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Please be seated. We're going to sing The Family of God. We did this one a couple weeks ago. It starts with the chorus. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And there's two verses that go along with it and the chorus in between. So you'll remember as we lift up our voices. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, joined It's because we're a family and these folks are so dear. When one has a heartache, we all share a tear and rejoice in each family, the family so dear. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain. By his blood, join heirs with Jesus as we travel this song. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. From the door of an orphanage to the house of the king, no longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From to riches, from the weak to the strong. I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God I belong. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this He will 
with me, if you would please, and turn to Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 through 37, and then also we're going to turn over to James chapter 3. So my particular Bible, it has two ribbons in it, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take and I'm going to put one ribbon right here in Matthew chapter 12. We're going to look at 34 through 37. And I'm going to put the other ribbon right over here in James chapter 3, 5 down through 10. Because we're going to look at these two texts. When we go to Matthew, we find the Lord Jesus Christ speaking and talking. When we go to James, we find God inspiring James to pen these words. Now, interesting enough, this morning after church, I was standing out here on the sidewalk and got into a conversation with several people as they were leaving about the tongue, talking, uh, words said. And sitting on my desk up in my office was tonight's message, which is, watch what you say. Now, what happens to me sometimes is people, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and do a message and they'll say, I know he did that just for me. No, actually, I had it all set was on my desk, ready for tonight. Now, the Lord might have it just for you, but I didn't go handpick this just because of my conversation on the sidewalk out here this afternoon. So, it is an irony to me as a pastor, sometimes how those things work, because things come up in conversations, and I think to myself, man, I'm going to preach on that tonight. But the Lord knows, and he brings those things according to his will. So, Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 on down, we find the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. And listen to what he has to say. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? 
For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. If you have a red-letter Bible, and a red-letter Bible is designed so that every place that Jesus speaks, the letters are read. And this afternoon, as I was in my office just before I came down, I picked up a Bible on my desk, and I just reread my texts. And it reminded me that in my red-letter Bible, these are the words of Jesus. And here we find him addressing those who he calls a generation of vipers. And he says to them in verse 34, How can ye, being evil, speak good things? And that would be a piercing thing for God to say to you, wouldn't it? You and I, when we get to heaven, we're looking to hear the words, Thou good and faithful servant. Amen? Who would ever want to hear God say to them, O generation of vipers? That would pierce us, wouldn't it? But it's not just Jesus that talks to us about the tongue and the things that we say. James also really hones in on that as the Lord impresses on him. So turn with me, if you would, over to James chapter 3. And I want you to listen to what he has to say in verses 5 down through 10. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. So it's interesting when we look at the scriptures, I try to remind our church that God touches on everything in the Bible. Uh, you know, there's a whole generation of people who say, well, the Bible's not relevant. It's old. It's not pertinent to life today. Well, actually, the Bible touches on every aspect of life in every generation. And here he's touching on simply the words that we say. And those words can be kind words, righteous words, or they can be words that light hell on fire is what he says in the text. So as we come here, what I want to do is I want to take just a few moments for all of us to reflect on this truth. Because not one of us in here has 100% tamed their tongue. And the way I know that is because the Bible tells us no man has tamed his tongue. They may tame lions, tigers. They might tame dolphins in the sea. Maybe you can even tame uh, fleas to do circus tricks. But to tame your tongue, the Bible says we can't because it is a wild thing. 
And so quickly and so easily does it just say what we ourselves wish sometimes we can take back. But if you don't strive to accomplish, if you don't strive to achieve, then you will never advance. So every one of us can strive to do better at managing our tongue. Let's look at these texts and see what it is that God has for us. First of all, he reminds us that the tongue is a reflection of the heart. And that's an important thing to remember, is those things that are said, God says, if we're not careful, they come from the depths of who we are. Uh, growing up, I grew up in not a Christian family. I did not grow up in a Christian environment. Uh, really, the closest thing I may have known to a Christian was a grandparent who went to church once in a while. I just didn't even know people who went to church. And one thing was for sure, a lot of them drank alcohol. And when alcohol became part of them, their tongue loosened up. And you would hear them say things, <clears throat> and it didn't matter who it, was, who it was or who it was to, the alcohol would loosen that tongue and they would say things the next day they wished they so could take back. In this text, Jesus is addressing those vipers. He's addressing those people who are not Christians, those people who have evil intent. And listen to what he says to them about the heart. O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. This ties to the last part of the message, which talks about that not only does our tongue condemn, but it also saves. So when you look here, he's also reminding us that this tongue can bring forth both evil things and it can bring forth righteous things. But it's what proceeds from the heart that matters. A good man brings forth good things. An evil man brings forth evil things. And oftentimes that is reflected by the things they say. Uh, Sandra Joe and I were driving back from the Cape and we were scanning through the radio. And we came across a channel with a comedian on it put it on the comedian, that lasted about five seconds. And Sandra Joe and I said, that's enough of that. And we switched the channel. Why? Because proceeding out of that mouth was not what we were comfortable to sit and listen to. It brought forth evil things, cursing, swearing, uh, just vile things. And Sandy and I both look at each other and we, we think to ourselves, why do people find that to be so funny? Now, if you were maybe 11 years old, but why is it that adult people find the most vile things so humorous? And here he says to us, it's a generation of vipers who find these things to be so funny because their hearts have an abundance of evil within them. As we come down to verse 35, he says, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. And then verse 36, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. And it is important for us to understand that God recognizes and hears. He takes note 
of the things that we say, not just in public, but also in private. Sometimes those things that we say to our spouse, to our children, to our parents, you know, those are things we should step back and reflect and remember that God does take note of what we say. It's often good to remember that our spouse, if you're, if you're married to a husband, your husband is a joint heir with Christ. He's a prince in the family of God. If you're married to a lady, that lady is a princess in the family of God. She's a child of the king. And we should try and strive to treat one honorably in our words as well as in our deeds. We are followers of God. And it should be reflected in our speech, in our life. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, if you would, with me in your New Testament. I'm going to read to you Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 down through 8. And as I read them, I want you to listen to what he has to say to you and I about being followers of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 down through 8. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. It's interesting that when you go through this text, you see him weaving through all these things. And he's linking them together by the things we say and the things we think and the things we do. And he tells us in the end, you and I, we need to strive to do what? To bring forth the fruits of the Spirit. In all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Those are the things that God is looking for. Verbally, he says, you know what the best thing you can do? Give thanks. Give thanks. And oftentimes I mention in our teaching and our preaching that there's great power in just being thankful. Sandra, Joe, and I, you know, when we go somewhere, we talk a lot. Do you do that with your spouse? You get in the car, you're driving along, uh, you know, you just chat and talk. We used to drive all the way from here to Texas. And I mean, man, we'd talk all the way down. And then once Joy became old enough, like about three or four, she would talk all the way down while we talked all the way down. And we'd have to have those times of silence. Josh was never a huge talker. But joy was. But we would talk about a lot of things. And even on this vacation, we talked about the difference of people who are just thankful. It just makes such a huge difference in your life. If when you start your day, you're thankful. Thankful for your home, your, your health, 
your spouse, your job, all the things that you have in life, your children, your parents. Is any of them perfect? No. Every once in a while, I hear somebody who's building a house and they'll say, I, I, I'm just hoping to finish it. And when they say that, I think to myself, because I built a house about 20 years ago, and I would so love to finish it. Now, pastor, is there a lot unfinished? No, but there's a little piece of woodwork here or a little piece of this there. Or now it's been 22 years and I need to go back and redo stuff that we did 20 years ago. Is it ever finished? No. But am I thankful for what I have? Absolutely. Each of us in our lives, when you look at texts like this, God drives home the point that if you have nothing else to say, say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what I have. Thanksgiving is a real part of who we are as children of the light, the followers of the Lord. It should be a part of our heart. It is not okay to just say whatever you want to say whenever you want to say it. James 3, 6 says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. These are powerful words, aren't they? I mean, these are visual words that God is using, because we have all learned that hard lesson, haven't we? Where we have said something that has started a fire, that we think to ourselves, oh man, I wish I'd have never said that. Has it ever happened to you? I know it's happened to me. And you step back, you wish you could put it out, you wish you could go back and never start it, but it's already burning. And man, you, the, the best you can do is to help control the fire and go back and try to make up for what you said. I was talking to a friend of mine who lives far away from here, and we were talking about our kids and his kids. And he said to me, he says, oh boy, he says, my daughter just here a little while ago wouldn't let us see our grandkids for a whole year. And I said, wow, that's a long time. He said, I know, he said, we said something and it offended her husband and then he got upset and it, that upset her. And for an entire year, they would not let him or his wife see the grandkids. And I asked him, I said, well, what did you guys do? He said, we apologized for everything that could possibly ever be. He said, even stuff we don't even know we apologized for because we wanted to see the grandkids. You see, whatever was said, and however it was said, it was taken to a whole nother level and weaponized against them. It's interesting when God uses words like this. He says, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. And I felt bad for my friend. But you know, I thought about it, and there have definitely been times I've had to say sorry to my kids, where I've had to say, hey, listen, even when they were kids, I'd get on them for something or something, and then I'd find out, you know what, maybe I really didn't fully understand the situation. I'd go back and I'd say, listen, guys, I'm sorry. I didn't fully understand. If we're not careful, we can just set a world on fire with the very words that we say.
So here he reminds us that it does reveal a world of iniquity. It can defile the whole body and it can light a fire as from hell. As we come down, we are reminded in these texts that God does judge us by the things we say. In fact, salvation itself, justification, comes through the very words we speak, and we'll see that in a minute. These things, the words that we say, should be guarded. They should be watched over. The words that we, should, we say should be, should be governed like the bit in a horse. You should try to steer what you say. Because God does hear that. And he does hold us accountable. James 3.10 says, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. You and I as Christians, our culture has become worse and worse as the years go by with the whole vile language and the, and the vile way that people talk. And we have become, as a culture, unashamed. Nobody blushes anymore when somebody curses and swears in a restaurant at a table and there's a family sitting over here. Nobody says, hey, hey, come on. There's kids here. There's ladies here. Nobody does that anymore, do they? They just curse on them. Nobody is touched by it. Yet the reality is you and I should, as Christians, remember that from our heart should proceed praises, worship. It should be that we inspire each other. It shouldn't be that coming out of our mouth is the vile language of the culture around us. And we might say to ourselves, well, pastor, this, it's really not that big a deal. But the, why, why is God talking about it if it's not a big deal? If it's not a big deal, the way we talk and the things we say, then why would the Lord take even one sentence to address it, because it is a reflection of our heart. You and I are judged by the things we say. If you look back with me at Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37, I want you to listen again to what he says. But I, I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. So the Lord takes the two farthest points on the spectrum. He says, your words can justify, make you just as if you'd never sinned. Or your words can condemn. This morning I was talking to somebody and they asked me, they said, Pastor, I'd like to sit down and visit. I want to I talk to you about the Holy Spirit. And he, he said, you know, I'm just studying in the Bible about it, and I want to understand about offending the Holy Spirit. And I took just a second and I said to him, well, when you look in the scriptures, to offend the Holy Spirit is really to deny Christ. And that is for us condemning, isn't it? When we deny Christ and we push Christ aside, that condemnation is eternal, isn't it? Just as when we receive Christ, for with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, as we call out to God, as given to us in the book of Romans. So we find that our tongue 
can justify us in salvation or it condemns us by rejecting Christ. So when we look at texts like this and we understand that the Bible says to us that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof. And by the words thou shalt be justified and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And this is the red letter edition, Jesus' words to you and I. We understand that God really does care about the way we talk and the things we say. You and I on Sunday night, we come back to church on Sunday evening because we want to be stronger in our faith. That's why we're here. The rest of much of Christendom only goes to church on Sunday morning. We're here Sunday night. We're back here on Wednesday night. Why? Because we want to grow in our faith. Part of growing in our faith is understanding that God cares about all these different elements of our Christian walk. And certainly here, he's teaching us that he does care about what we say. Ephesians 5, 5 6 says, Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. So God says, you know what? I notice those vain words that deceive people. God notes that. You and I, we live in a generation where so much is said against God. God notices. He takes note. So even those people who mock and ridicule and rail against God, God notes it. He knows. He takes and pays attention. And he says, I will judge in my time. Vengeance is the Lord, is the Lord's, not ours. So for you and I, as we see these things, we as Christians, we should rein back and be sure that we are doing our best. Are you ever going to 100% tame the tongue? Well, the Bible says that no man's tamed the, the tongue. We all struggle, but that doesn't mean you give up. Paul's got a Model A, right? And if that Model A is anything like when Sandra Joe and I lived in Kansas, I had a 1940 International pickup truck. And then I, and here I had a 1941 Chevy pickup truck. So once you get to those old vehicles, have you ever noticed they walk on the road? Any of you old enough to remember how those cars used to walk? You drive them and you're constantly going like this. If you did that in your new car, you'd go off the road. But those old cars, you had to do that. Do you have to do that, Paul? It's exhausting. It's exhausting. So as you're driving, all that cupping in the road, those old cars would wander in that cupping and you're constantly, constantly working it to keep it right. But you don't give up. You don't go ahead and say, oh man, I'm tired of tracking this. I'm trying to, I'm just gonna give up. Because what would happen? Tammy would yell at me. Oh, she'd yell at me. She'd wake you up. Yes. Oh, you'd go off the road. I mean, it can be dramatic, that wandering that takes place within the, the linkage of the steering of those old cars. You and I, our tongue, will never master it 
but you don't give up. You don't want to go off the road. You don't want to go off the rail. You don't want to go off the reservation is what uh, Sandra Joe and Priscilla say all the time. You want to go ahead and work at keeping it on track. And that's why Jesus is talking to us about this. That's why God inspired James to pen these words. That's why when you go to the book of Proverbs, it addresses the things we say. So remember, God says it comes from the heart. Check your heart. Don't let the world influence the way you speak. Don't dismiss it. Keep working at it. Stay on track. Because you are a follower of God. Amen? Amen. That was my, that's my Bible message for tonight. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. And go forth as more than hearers, but doers of the word. Amen? Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you that we could look into your holy word. And Lord, we do know that it is a challenge to control the tongue. No matter who we are. But Lord, we must always do it. We must work at it. We must strive to honor you. Starting with thanksgiving, striving to do righteous from our hearts in all that we say and do. I pray that you be with us as we go to our homes and our community. We thank you for our church and those who come to honor you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.